Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey everybody, thanks again for tuning in. It's Growing in Grace, I'm Joel along with Mike. We do this thing every single week. For the most part, we try to get together and chat about God's grace, His love, and uh, all the good things that we have coming from God. And, and obviously, one of the uh, the best things that God has ever done for us is giving us His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that is, you know, that is all because God so loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his son, and, and it's all for us. I think the church has a good understanding of that. Christ died for us. God sent his son for us. But sometimes, as we've been talking about the last few weeks here on, on the podcast, I think sometimes, Cap, that people get some things confused when it comes to the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant. And so we've tried to kind of lay a foundation in the last couple of weeks about how the Old Covenant ended, and this New Covenant has now begun, and it's completely different from the Old. Something that you had left off saying last week, there is this blessed assurance that we have in Christ. You were talking about how people will sing this song, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, but then They'll go about their daily lives, and uh, they don't feel so assured. They don't feel so secure because of this mixture of the two covenants. All right, so, Joel, we will make it our goal. We'll make it our goal, Joel, <laughs> to get to Hebrews 7.22 at the very least, because that, that's where the assurance, uh, the guarantee of Jesus Christ. Uh, but let, let's, uh, let's jump back on some verses before we get to Hebrews 7.22. And, and remember now, the, the writer of Hebrews writing to uh, Jewish people here, it's called Hebrews, and they're making the case throughout the book that Christ is superior to everything, including the old law and the commandments and that old covenant that Israel could not satisfy. They, they could not live up to the demands. And so this is what the writer of Hebrews is trying to tell them. And ultimately what they're saying to these, to these Israelites is that the entire system that you were once under Everything, the commandments, the animal sacrifices, the law, the rule-keeping, all of it came to an end and was replaced with something new and better. Old covenant gone, thrown out, new covenant comes in, better, established upon better promises. And you can imagine, imagine, because we, we take this stuff for granted. We just do. And, and that's natural. I mean, this happened a long time ago, and we weren't really a part of this this culture, you and I, non-Israelites and people living many years later. But imagine being told by some of these apostles and so forth that that whole thing came to an end. And you're sitting there thinking, wait a minute, you mean everything that we've learned about Abraham and, and Moses and the law and the commandments and the animal sacrifices, even that, even that? Even the, the sacrificial offerings are ended. We don't do them anymore. You can imagine the struggle that these people might have been having with where do we stand here? Because many of these people were, were probably believers in Jesus Christ now, learning about this new thing. And so just kind of keep that in mind. It just kind of brings a little human element to it here. But Hebrews 
when the priesthood is changed, of necessity, there takes, a, there takes place a change of law also. So we've got a change of priesthood. Jesus Christ is going to become the high priest, and, and the writer of Hebrews is, is comparing his priesthood to the old priesthood under the law. So there's a change of law as there's a change of priesthood. Important to remember in Hebrews 7.12, the next verse, for the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe with reference to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. So what's being said here? There were 12 tribes in Israel. The Levites, or the Levitical tribe, that was one of them. That was the the ministry tribe. That was the tribe where all of the priests came from. They had to be from the the tribe of, of Levi. Yet Jesus didn't descend from that tribe. He came from Judah. And so this is what the writer is saying is a different priesthood, a different law. Because if the same law, or at least certain portions of that old covenant law, were still in effect, then Jesus could not be considered a legitimate high priest. That's why the law had to come to an end. So there was this change of the law, and that throws so many people off. Uh, a change of the law? What What in the world is he talking about? Oh, just to clarify something, too, uh, you know, we talk about how the Levites were the priests. Well, also in verse 11 there in chapter 7, it talks about Aaron. The Levites came from Aaron. And so anyway, this priesthood, the old covenant priesthood had to come from Aaron, had to come from the Levites. The Levites were the ones, like you were saying, who had this, they had this priesthood, they had this ministry by law, the old covenant law, the law that we talk about, the law of Moses. It said that these priests had to come from the Levites, but Jesus, it says here in verse 14, and it's evident if you trace his genealogy, Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. And the law of Moses had said nothing about that concerning the priesthood. And so according to the law, it was against the law for Jesus <laughs> to be our high priest. And so something had to change. As you read there, the priesthood changed, and there was a change of the law. Uh, so we're talking about this old covenant having to come to an end in order for Jesus to be the priest. And uh, because again, the law had spoken nothing about this, any priesthood coming from Judah. And so Jesus came from Judah, and uh, it, it talks about Jesus being of uh, according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is kind of this mysterious character in the, in the Old, in the old uh, Testament. We find the, the writer of Hebrews writing about him, and the main thing to take from that is that Melchizedek is shown in chapter 7 here of Hebrews. He's shown to be greater than the Levites. And since Jesus is a high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, that shows that Jesus is greater than the Levites. So this Jesus, this priesthood of Jesus, is the priesthood. It supersedes the old covenant priesthood of, of the Levites. And so it makes it certain, it makes it sure that that priesthood has ended, and Jesus is now our high priest. Well, and something important to point out when it says there is a change of law, it's not talking about a revision, right. an amendment, an improvement to something that already exists. It means, a, a literally in the Greek, that word change, change of law, change of priesthood, a transformation, a removal. So the old law had to be removed. There's a complete change there, something brand new, uh, not just revised, 
but the, the removal of the old and then the, the introduction and the re replacement with the new. In other words, the, the change of law that occurred, it wasn't a revision of the existing law, but that law had to be taken away, put aside, and then something brand new would establish that. And so that, that's kind of an important point that we wanted to bring out there. So a, a transformation, Joel, when you're being transferred from one thing to another, let's use this example. If we're on a, an old rickety bus, it's just barely getting along. It's, it's very uncomfortable. It's old, but you've been riding on it to get from, to your destination. But you're going to make a transfer from that bus to another bus. It just turns out this other bus is a completely different bus. It's not a repaired bus. It's a different bus. And it's much more luxurious. It runs better. It's smoother. You have bathtubs in there and music and <laughs> right uh, memory foam mattresses. And I mean, it's just a different bus. We've been transferred, at least Israel was transferred, from the old bus into a new bus. And then the door was kept open for us to be invited in as well as Gentiles. So, yeah, get off that old rickety bus. That's what we need to do. <laughs> get off that bus. You forgot. Your ticket says you're supposed to get on this other bus. When you believed in Christ Jesus, you hopped on a brand new bus. In fact, when Christ died you know, for our sins, this brand new bus, that's the one we're supposed to be on. Because Hebrews 7.22 says, talking about this old priesthood that had ended, this oath that God made to himself, actually, which is what this new covenant is based upon, verse 22 says, By so much more, Jesus has become surety of a better covenant. A better covenant. So we're off that old covenant. We're off that old bus. We're on this brand new one that cannot be compared to the other one. We're not towing that old bus behind us either. It's left behind. It's gone. It's finished. It's out of there. We need to remember that. It's done. It's annulled. And so this uh, priesthood of Jesus, verse 24 says, but he, because he continues forever, that's Jesus, of course, has an unchangeable priesthood, unchangeable. So where there was this change, this transfer, this things made new, this whole thing with getting that old thing out of there and putting on something new, this new covenant, this better covenant, that changed, but now there's an unchangeable priesthood. And so therefore... He is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. That is why this covenant is so much better and is so good, and we need to get on that bus. Did you just say uttermost? Yes. Holy cow. I knew it had to be a cow joke. Utter. <laughs> utter. Butter. Utter. <laughs> now, I'm not going to get on that butter thing again. Oh, and and did you catch, uh, you know, we, we saw in Hebrews 7, 22, where Jesus is the guarantee. He's the assurance. And before that, you know, I don't know if we skimmed past this or, or if it was read and, and uh, we, we just skimmed over it. But the law, the, the, there is the setting aside of a former, former commandment because of what? Because of its weakness and uselessness. <gasps> That's For the sacrilege. law made nothing perfect. Inasmuch it, it, it didn't come, this, this new covenant, it was not without an oath. The priests were sworn in by the law. Jesus was sworn in as high priest by an oath or a promise. You know, if you, were, if you or I were to say that the law is weak and useless, people would think we were off the reservation again, Joel. They would think we were off the beaten path, that we were just, uh, we're, we're way off on the deep end and we're teaching a dangerous doctrine. But it's right here in the book of Hebrews. It was put aside. It was weak. It was useless. 
we have no business mixing grace and law. They do not work together. I'm not saying that they're against each other, but they work apart from each other. Yeah, and so when you hear us saying that, and if you're still maybe uh, on the fence with some of this stuff and just not quite there yet, I would really encourage you to read some, you know, some of these passages from Hebrews, Hebrews 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, that talks about all of these things that we've been talking about. Now, don't just take our word for it, because we do often say, uh, like what you're saying, we talk about grace apart from the law, and uh, you can get that in a lot of what Paul writes, but... We're not just saying that as something that we've come up with in our heads. Well, it's grace apart from law, but it really, it, you can see it written out here with a lot of detail in the book of Hebrews. So we're looking at this new covenant, this better covenant, and coming up next week and in the weeks to come, we'll spend more time talking about how it's better, how it's superior. Next week, contrasting the priesthood of men, you know, the Levite priesthood, these priests who died and they had to be replaced over and over again. Many sacrifices had to be offered. We'll contrast that with the one sacrifice of the one priest who lives forever. That's Jesus Christ, of course. So uh, stay tuned for that next week and uh, much more on this new covenant of God's grace in the weeks to come right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.